as to what happened with Tony, um, where he's um, met someone at the open home, um, collected a fair bit of data, contacted me. I just happened to be in the office when he rang me so I could get a servicing calculator, so affordability, um, and we could notif- we notified that client of, of their borrowing capacity that afternoon. Going one, going quiet, sold. All right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I'm your host, Aaron Horn, and it is a pleasure to bring in episode 102. It's so fun being able to say that we're in the hundreds. It's um, just unfathomable. Yeah. I am your host, Aaron, and I'm joined, as always, by Patrick Berry. Hello, everyone. And John McGregor. Mummy. What's happening, Bart? How's things? What's happening in the world of real estate here in Hobart? In real estate in Hobart, oh well, I think the the conversation still hasn't changed too much. We're um, we've done six appraisals over the last two days, um, and the same challenges with for, from young young through old is what next? Um, and a lot of people are having a really hard time answering that because there's just a real challenge if they want to move sideways. There's just not many people, you know, properties coming on. But yep. there does, even in our office included, it looks like there is a big surge of new properties going to be coming on over the next couple of months, which is pretty common right up until the lead of next this year. So hopefully that uh, allows a lot, you know, a lot more opportunities than otherwise um, hasn't been. No, it, it does seem to be going gangbusters out there. You guys have been really busy. I feel like just looking through my media house stuff, uh, we've had our busiest months in record, but I think that is just an example of how things are going here at 414. Yeah. Can you? You guys are correct as I think Sebastian and I worked out you did 33 shoots last month. So that's over one a day, which is just ridiculously oh, large for the media team. Well, when you put that into context as well, you know, we don't work weekends, oh, yeah. so there's less days. All right. <laughs> Two a day. Is that what you want to hear, mate? <laughs> I just want you to know that we're out there doing all these shoots and along with that we're still here recording podcasts so we're still getting everything out. But, no, look, I want to big up the 414 team. It's amazing kind of how active you guys are and the, the energy that's going in and out of this place and, and just uh, growing and, and building. Well, I'm on leave at the end of this week and it seems like the boys, and Susan Laura in for a massive month this month as well. So it doesn't sound like it's going to slow down anytime soon, which is great. Yeah, talk talk is that they're going for a record while you're away. They weren't really. Yeah, I heard that they're trying to smash the highest sales record of the of the existence of 414 while I'm not here. But <laughs> jokes on them because I've already added two to the book and I'm going to add one more before I leave. So I still count. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, things are going crazy. Things are building. And um, as John has alluded to, um, it's kind of crazy. You're going to open homes. You're kind of finding places that you, you want to get into, but you don't know what to do next. Mm. So we brought in longtime friend of the show, uh, Andrew Leggett of Rams, to uh, come and chat with us again. Thanks for coming in, Andrew. It's so good to see you back in the studio. Thanks, for, uh, thanks very much for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure. No, it's great to have you in. We were just saying off air before that um, you've kind of gone through the gamut of the the whole pod. Like you started with us, like episode nine, did we work out it was? Yeah, I think it was number nine. Yeah, and from there, because that was like we recorded way back in the nether regions of kind of the sales pit when this was just like a silly idea to like maybe try and make um, – what was it? Thirteen was our death number. We thought if we got past thirteen, yeah, yeah, we'd um, we'd have made it. You were uh, you were there at episode nine. You kind of it was an unknown quantity, and now you're back for the ride. You've you've recorded in here. We did a um, a Zoom episode as well. So you've kind of recorded in every iteration of the pod. We have. I think the uh, the COVID one was definitely one of the favourite ones, though. 
Yeah. Yes, well, yeah, the whole Socially world. distanced. Yeah, yeah well, everybody, I think me and Pat were at, at far ends of the this tiny little room at 1.5. We'd measured to make sure that we were safe and John was at his offices. So, yeah, it's amazing how far we've come. That's all really I can think of, next one now, you're going to have to be at a, um, a, pod, a, a live podcast with a live audience. That'll be the next one, Andrew. Oh, I, oh, yeah. I thought I on location. That, yeah, yeah, on, the, on yeah. location. That'd I thought we cool. could do like a weatherman type report. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, come here. I'm outside yeah. at the <laughs> open home. <laughs> Crossing There's the road. everywhere. <laughs> blowing a gale. <laughs> well, that's not as silly as it, as it sounds, boys, because the, one of the reasons I got Andrew in was we were, we were chatting just recently about how uh, him or his dad, uh, the, uh, the directors at Rams, have been attending some of our open homes yeah, recently. Yeah. Yeah, so well, do you want to do you want to talk to that? Um, Andrew and just kind of kind of let everybody know what's what's been happening over the last kind of months of open homes here with four and four. Yeah, so um, over the last four weeks, we've um, we the Rams team have been attending the uh, Saturday open homes just to sort of try and catch the people that are starting to enter the market that haven't even thought about finance at that particular point, um, because pre-approvals are a, are a really big thing. And I'm, I'm sure you boys can attest, you know, if you're fielding offers, you want to see someone that's ticked off. Oh, absolutely. For sure. I think that's our biggest problem at the moment is that, you know, I had an open home two weeks ago and there was 46 groups through, I think, in the time I was there mm. and just being able to try to figure out who are the best pers- people to talk to. Well, unfortunately, the the people that – some of the people that came, they just had not even had conversations with the bank, just mm. decided they wanted to buy a house and they thought they could spend up to X because they've used an online calculator. But um, So that puts them, unfortunately, sort of down the pecking order as far as qualified buyers go when we're trying to weed out who's a better buyer over another one when it comes to offers. Absolutely. Mm. And the language you use there is really important because part of our job, obviously, as well, is um, enabling those people not to make a bad decision and a rush decision – um, so when they're submitting contracts where we um, – there was a great example with your um, – well, Tony was at one we had at Lutana. Um, there was a young couple who had already submitted two offers on other properties and I just asked them, well, has anyone gone through the you know, standard conditions with you yet? And they said, oh, no. It's like, well, how about we spend 15 minutes and actually, you know, so you can understand what the hell you're actually signing. Mm. Um, and then before that, though, they'd actually spent some time with your dad just um, having a little last sort of, sort of conversations which gave him a little bit more confidence – in proceeding with this process. Um, and, yeah, it's scary to see, like, um, Pat, if there's still there's, – even with access to all this stuff, there are people who are still, still just flying in blind. Um, and once you – if you're having that conversation with an owner around, well, what's this purchaser's situation? Can we have confidence in that contract? And we just have to say no if there's no background research that that purchaser's made. Mm, exactly. Whereas I'm sure if you have a, a customer that's come to you with a conditional approval and the only outstanding conditions are subject to valuation and seeing a contract – it's going to hold weight with the vendor, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, let, let's go into this pre-approval thing. I know we've kind of talked about it before and if you want to go back and listen to the um, episode nine that we discussed, feel free to. But we've got you in again, Andrew. Can we just go over pre-approval and how it actually works? Um, it's basically kind of like the almost guarantee of how much you can borrow. Is that kind of... Yeah, uh, yep. In a nutshell. In a nutshell, kind of. If we put, guaranteed. what if we just put it in these bad boys, the inverted commas in the air, and just say it's it's almost a guarantee of how much you can get. Um, it involves completing the home loan application process before you found the property of your dreams. Kind of correct. Getting ready to go. So rather than kind of finding the beautiful place and then realizing it's way out of my bracket, mm-hmm. this is a way of being like. I'm locked and loaded. I'm ready to go. Ready to roll. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the process would be um, have a customer come in and we, we verify the full financial situation. So we look at employment, income, credit, 
uh, credit checks and making sure that they do actually have enough deposit to to cover the purchase and the purchase costs. And what is a deposit these days? Like what do people need to have saved when it comes to buying a house? Um, is there a certain percentage or is there no, it's not really a flexibility certain, as far as that goes? Not so much a, a certain uh, percentage of a, of a purchase price, uh, but they need to have enough, enough deposit on the loan to be able to capitalise their mortgage insurance if they're borrowing at the top end. Um, so the maximum lends a 95%, including that mortgage insurance premium. So you're looking at about 8 or 9% deposit in yep. to keep it at that 95 um, And then, you know, an additional 5 to 7% to cover your stamp duty legal fees uh, and all the other little critters that pop up along the way. So when you say critters that pop up, like let's – I've actually got a real-world example that we could probably discuss. We won't use names or anything like that, but I had a friend recently ask, like, oh, who can you recommend for um, services of – of this kind, I said, up oh, Andrew Leggett at Rams, um, you may have gone to school with him if this is the same person that I'm trying to lead you down the path of, oh, you know who I'm yep. talking about? Yep, I'm getting what you're Yeah, well, you get one, I'm putting down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's say this person, um, they've recently returned to Australia from working overseas and mm-hmm. kind of gone through all the gamut of things. Are some of these critters that you're are they are some of these the critters you're talking about, like kind of returning from elsewhere, you've got to follow up all their finances internationally, etc. Yep, exactly right. Um, and yeah, without naming names in this one, um, is it I'm you? sure he's listening, so yeah, probably shout out to Hello, hello you. <laughs> <laughs> so we've narrowed it down to a guy. <laughs> Why are you guys doing good? <laughs> And he only came back to Australia. Uh, I'm going to work this out. He doesn't work for ASIO. It's all good. No. And we only have seven listeners, so I haven't got many people left to go through. Process of elimination here. Who is it? Uh, yeah, so back on track. <laughs> uh, yeah, return back to Australia. He's got a, a very, very solid job, um, fantastic qualification, so very well educated. Uh, but his time frame in the employment didn't quite tick the criteria. Um, so this is one of the little gremlins. So based on the overall strength of the application, I've gone off to our credit department and said, hey, are we happy to have a look at this uh, based on the fact of X, Y and Z? And, uh, yeah, the the credit manager came back and said, yeah, definitely get an application together. Yep. Um, So we're now um, in the process of of getting this couple pre-approved and so they will be able to hit the market with an approval just subject to evaluation. Yeah, excellent. And I guess that's um, kind of where I was trying to lead the things was like the critters might pop up but it's worth reaching out to somebody in the field that is an expert rather than just jumping on your calculators online to say, oh, we can earn this much. You can and borrow X, yeah. Yeah. And the other good thing is we've spent, the you know, three or four days um, to, to get rid of that critter Whereas if we were live in, a, in a, an actual live application on a 21-day finance clause, that's, you know, three or four days that's gone. And then is that where it's thrown to you guys where you don't have the confidence to be able to say like, ah, oh, we really don't know if this couple is the best offer as we're not sure that they're fully pre-approved? Absolutely. Yeah, and like for me at the moment because there are so many people wanting to make offers, trying to get that extra information out of somebody and get a better understanding as to their financial position, what they're trying to borrow, I think the worst thing somebody can do in a contract at the moment, it really annoys the absolute rubbish out of me, is when purchasers write sufficient funds to complete the sale. That tells me nothing about what your financial situation is. Mm. Now, they've done it because some other agent told them just to write that down and they've gone now down 20 offers. Rolling and down so down. I've just been trying to re-educate a lot of my buyers recently that that's not going to win you a, a deal because mm. if someone's got buying a $500,000 house and they put that they're borrowing two fifty down, 
and you might be only borrowing 200 but you put sufficient funds, mm. I don't know that. Yep. So then all of a sudden your contract is sitting lower even though technically you might be the better. So yep. I think yep. as well just trying to get people to give us as much info as possible and to get prepared as much as they can is what's going to help them win a an offer in this marketplace. So mm. pre-approvals, giving that type of information on a contract. Geez, I had somebody the other day give me their bank statements and a freaking life story and a family photo to say, here's my complete <laughs> package. Really want <laughs> so that definitely I, helps. I guess is that something like it's so competitive out there at the moment that kind of anything that can get you that little like you having the photo or the story, like I know I've talked about it before, but mm. the um, the story of working in the outback when I bought my place, discussing that with the um, with the owners, they were just like, ah, oh, like yes, like we're connected. Like you build that emotional bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely, if someone's doing that, it's the same with this kind of financial side of things. Like if you've got all your details and all your ducks in a line, it is so much more beneficial than kind of the what ifs of this person or that person. Absolutely. And ultimately it it is a – there is a part of this of which is negotiation. And last night I was um, – there was a, a, a client was, was intending to buy a house off, um, off her family and we were going through this process because I was – this is the first time she'd actually asked anyone for this advice and she said, oh, this is what I'm hoping to do. And I went, that's probably going to be the worst – um, approach for the negotiation this one because they are from what I could observe with my limited information they were all about money and so trying to pull an emotional heartstring was is not going to be effective at all I said the only way that you could actually make this work for you is we've got to organize a formal valuation and you've got to play the numbers and you've got to make it look like that you buying it without going to market is going to be the most attractive monetary option for them yeah she's like okay I got it and with that then she needs to go down the road of making sure that she can limit her time frame get a valuation, showcase that with the valuation minus the selling fees, you know, or just do a full numbers negotiation because pulling the heartstrings isn't going to work. However, in um, like Pat had described, in a lot of um, estate sales or where people really do legitimately just want to see, you know, a nice X, you know, whatever they want, um, the story really does matter. Photos can matter. You know, a story can matter. Um, so, and unfortunately, you don't know what you're going into when you are buying but you still need to ensure that you can understand your situation as strong as you can. And that's why we're, you know, hooking up with, you know, organising the pre-approval to really understand your financial position is essential because sometimes story isn't going to matter. Number, You know, money talks. And being able to um, strengthen your contract as best as you can by, you know, seeking your advice first is vital. It's vital. It is, yeah. Mm. And with um, one thing that oh, struck me with that um, example you boys were talking about before Oh yeah, that mystery person. Um, that's right. Um, the so the gremlin is was the idea that he um, had not had sufficient enough time in his new job. That's right. So if we you hadn't had time to do that during the pre-approval phase, mm-hmm. would have that actually been harder to manage under the pressure? I mean, time time frame aside, is it harder to manage that process when you've got an active contract versus um, just? doing the homework beforehand? Oh, it is. So, you know, if they were live and signed a contract and came to me and I said, yeah, it's sweet, we'll, we'll get it in. And then yeah. that pops up from credit side saying, hey, this guy's not been in the job long enough. And I go back to the customer and say, we're going to need, need to collect all the supporting documentation to mitigate the fact you haven't been in your job long enough. Mm. Um, it's an extra stressor for the for the for for our customer, mm-hmm. um, puts the pressure on, on your side with the vendor and, you, you know, might uh, lead to needing a um, 
an extension of the finance period. Mm-hmm. So it's just so much better to pick up on these little things before the fact, get it done, um, so we can submit a quality application through to our credit department. Definitely. And, and what's what's the average time frame it takes to organise one of these things from sitting down at the desk? If you know, it, what would be an average time frame to get pre-approval? Really? Okay. So for Mystery Man, um, we caught up last week. Um, we'll sign off on the application form on Friday morning and that'll be live in the system come Monday afternoon. Mm. Yep. So, yeah, so that's where my next question was going to lead um, in time frame. So you, you're showing up at the open homes, um, you know, the select ones that we're, we're having, like you guys had your um, – the Wilford Coffee Van was at the one in Lutani the other oh, day. Yeah. It's a great fight. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, also like kind of adding to the tool set is, is your, yourself or your father or someone from the Rams team there – what can we expect? Like, if you're, if I'm showing up and I'm ill prepared, mm. is it just kind of an introduction kind of moment, or can we kind of get the ball rolling straight away on well, that? It could be both. So it could just be a fact of you know just a quick conversation with someone, and I've got the the Rams name out there. They've got my contact details, and they think, hmm, yeah, I need a second opinion here. Yep. So they might get in contact, or it might be on the the, the complete polar opposite as to what happened with Tony, um, where he's um, met someone at the open home. Um, collected a fair bit of data, contacted me. I just happened to be in the office when he rang me so I could get a servicing calculator, so affordability, um, and we could notif- we notified that client of, of their borrowing capacity that afternoon. Yeah, so, yeah, mm. in the modern world it can literally be like, I'm not sure what I'm after, but we've had the introduction and now we can kind of, by the afternoon, we've got a really good idea of, of where we're at sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah, you can find out if you've found a home that you love and you're chatting with someone yourself there. By the afternoon, you know if you're in a good position to move forward with that one, or keep looking at the next open home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 awesome. Well, one, what about um, so in our cases as homeowners, um, that's obviously the you know first home buyer. But what about those of us that are either looking for an investment or uh, upsizing, for example? Um, does, does the pre-approval process look the same in in that situation? It certainly does. So yeah. there would just be an additional um, condition on the approval. Mm. So let's say, for instance. You've come to me and you say, I'm going to sell this. I want to buy another one. Right. But I need to make sure that I can I can do this because I don't yeah. want to sell it and then find out, oh, I can't actually buy anything else. Yeah, yeah. You've sold your house. That's gone. So with this, we'd have a conditional approval which would be subject to confirmation of sale on yours. So mm. an, an unconditional contract mm-hmm. that, or an um, unconditional approval. Yeah. It might have even already settled. Um we could then we tick that off, so we know the funds are coming through to the other side for when you purchase your new one. Right. So that's so that you, what we're referring to then would be the that's the that's the de- the deposit being used on the new loan mm-hmm. is coming from the previous sale. Yeah, from your sale proceeds. Yeah, and so the pre-approval then is noting that look, yes, this is all pre-approved on the when the. Um, settlement or the unconditional contract on the sale of your existing home. Yep. Yeah. And term, you touched on investors. Um, mm. Now this is where it could get a little bit curly. I'll come back to the point you raised where in a contractor might say sufficient funds. Mm. Someone might be using the equity in their owner occupier mm. to borrow 100, 105% of purchase price on the investment. Mm-hmm. So that's where sufficient funds could come into play and it's pretty ambiguous. You just don't know what, what's sufficient funds. So, mm. but I mean, I'm guessing on a contract, if you were to see a purchase price of 400 and they're borrowing 420, you'd be thinking, hang on, how are they doing this? Well, that's it. That's what I was about to say to you. Where uh, the dis- like you just described where they borrow 105%, mm. at least when they put that on there, that's a red flag for us to find out extra info. 
And then from that we can learn, oh, you already own three ever investment properties and you own one or two of them outright. Okay, well, that's not going to be a problem. So therefore then that's not an issue. But we discover that by them putting that they're borrowing 100% or they're trying to borrow four hundred twenty dollars on a $400,000 sale. Yep. When they just put sufficient funds, we have no idea what it is. What it is. Yeah. And sometimes we'll ring people up and they're happy to exchange it and explain why they've done that. Um, other times people will just say, oh, that's because that's what the other agent told me to put on it, so that's what I've always put on it. Mm. And I think that... You know, some agents will take the extra step. Like I know John and Aaron and myself and Sam the other day will ring back and try to improve all the offers. But there would be agents out there that if you're putting sufficient funds, you're just going to the bottom of the pile and they don't even ring you back and you've missed out on that property. Mm-hmm. So if you're only given one opportunity to make it look the best it can, it's not always about price. Sometimes there's just separate wording that you could do on the contract that might improve the yeah. likelihood of you getting the place. It's like just the amb- ambiguity of it. It's like, oh, that one just looks like it's hard work stuff. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But yeah, if an investor put borrowing, you know, 110%, mm. we're going to ask why mm. and then we're going to discover that, oh, well, that's not a problem because they've got 90% equity in that place in Bridgewater that's gone up $200,000 in two years. So yeah, that, that <laughs> should makes, be right. <laughs> makes perfect sense. Yeah, so. Well, actually, well, actually with that, um, to expand on that point then, if you are doing sufficient to purchase with an investor, can a letter of pre-approval still be the same if you wanted to strengthen your offer and negotiation? Oh, it would. Okay. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Can um, you explain that to me? Sorry. That's all right. Just um, so layman's terms. Same sort of process as the um, as the first home buyer. Yep. Um, it's a conditional approval to purchase an investment property, um, and it's just going to be subject to valuation on the owner occupier okay. plus the one that's being purchased. Yeah, it didn't help. <laughs> That's all right. Um, all right. Lucky you're not in the market to buy yeah. at the moment. I, I, was say, I, I, all suppose, right, I suppose as you could say, well, look, say you wanted to buy an investment property and you're, you've, you, you don't want to use any cash. Yep. So the equity in my home. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. So, right. the, so the idea being is that the pre-approval would be for you saying, yep, you've got enough equity in your home to buy a property up to X. And, the way, we, and the way we work that out yeah. is we take the valuation of your property Plus it to the valuation or the purchase price of the one you're going to buy. Yep. Take the balance. Make, mega value. The balance that you currently <laughs> owe and plus that to what you're going to borrow. Yep. We look at the overall position. I like the way you've um, – I like the way you've overalled oh. all of that, Andrew. That was yeah. very nice. Yes. Yeah. Like, yep, give it, it all together. <laughs> that cartoon character where all the Power Rangers connect together yeah, to create right. the mega monster. The mega zord. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the mega loan. Yeah, that's the mega loan. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll that, take that. That's not just the, that's not the only way that it can yeah. be structured for an investment purchase. Mm. So say, for instance, you come and say, hey, I want to buy another one, mm. um, but I want to I want to take the equity that I have in my existing up to, the say, 80%, and I want the cash. Mm. So I want to put the actual cash towards the purchase and I don't want the two properties linked in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Something we could do. So an increase on the current lending, get the cash, put the cash in the bank and then you've got your 20% deposit funds to complete for your, for your next loan. For your next one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I guess- spend it on toys like I always do when I talk to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where my cash goes. <laughs> I was quite impressed with that. It's so off topic, but no, I was quite impressed. <laughs> I think one, one thing that's important with that though is that um, from, from a, I suppose, a practitioner's perspective, um, we're taking it back to our clients, Getting that information from a pre-approval standpoint, be it as if you are a first-time buyer, you're moving sideways or you're investing, does help. And it actually is relevant in every step um, and having that conversation with your first matters. 
Yeah. Yep, that's right. No, I think that's perfect. And, look, we have made light of a few little topics in here, but this is serious business. We're mm. playing with big numbers and, um, yeah, building that overall um, megazord. Mm. But it's amazing having uh, a relationship with yourself or a friendship as well um, where we can kind of reach out and just be like, hey, mate, can you give us a hand with this? Or if people that we know, wink, wink, mm-hmm. um, are looking into it as well, you're there to help out. It's amazing having um, Rams on our side. And it's awesome having you guys come to the open homes and kind of yeah, yeah. Yeah, meeting potential <laughs> um, clients for you or clients for us. Exactly. And um, being able to team up that way. Mm. Absolutely. Thanks again, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks, oh, always a pleasure, my friend. We will uh, catch you in a few. Actually, Pat's away, so we we'll probably have to call you up and we'll have to just come. I'll sit for Pat. Yeah, he's away. yeah, we might have to get you in in the next few weeks. We'll um, good. all good. No, thank you so much for coming in, Bud. Um, yeah, we'll probably see you in the next few weeks because we <laughs> will be looking for <laughs> looking for people to talk to us. <laughs> but yeah, always, always a pleasure. Keen. Always and keen. if you. anyone's out there at the open homes and you see um, Tony or Andrew or anyone else from the yeah, team at Rams, yep. yeah. Pop in, say day. They're very friendly people and, um, yeah, they're here to help. Yeah, we're not there to put the hard sell on anyone. We're just there to help, so. Mm. Love it, mate. Awesome. Thank you. See you guys. Thanks, See ya. All right. You have been listening to The Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Code. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.